Hello, you are listening to Cody's podcast, a podcast where I share my stories and experiences with you as I build for World Uatland Champs in Almere, Holland in September. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy. Hello, and this is Coley's Pod, episode one. I am again Coley. So for this episode, I was just thinking, you know, a bit of story time maybe of just, you know, my sporting background of how I've gotten to where I am here. So I suppose it's like, it all starts back when I was a kid. Um, just like your average child who just probably had too much energy and was just running around, jumping on trampolines and things. But um. I think when I was nine, there was an open primary school sports and I just signed up for it, just ran. I think I didn't come last, but by no means I didn't win it. Like I love to say like, you know, I was the most talented kid ever. I ran a sub four minute mile at nine years old, you know, next Jakob Britson. You know, I was the goat just one day in. But yeah, no, I, I, I was quite below average, but sure, someone has to be below average in order to make the average statistic. But yeah, just from there, like, I heard they were doing running training, and I said I'd try it. You know, I was quite an uncoordinated kid. So I think something like that, like the endurance sport of just running, it doesn't require much coordination. It kind of, I kind of gravitated towards that. So I started running a few years. Was, again, below average. I remember my mother saying, sure, someone has to come last. But you're stuck at it. And I think, to be honest, there was a lot to be said for just developing. I did it because I liked it. And I think there's a lot to be said for that of just gaining a love for a sport rather than competing just for results. Because I think in the grand scheme of things, we can't always win. And something like that will really drag us through. Another thing, too, was a work ethic from this. My mother, it would be raining outside. My mother would make me go to training. And I'd be like, well... Johnny, for example, Johnny doesn't have to go train when it's raining. His mother doesn't send him. And mom said, well, you're on a team. You know, if you don't show up on the race day, if it's raining, you know, the team might not qualify. Because I don't know if anyone here, like I'll explain athletics. Athletics is like, it's top 15, I'd say, for example, go through from the Munsters to qualify for the All-Ireland as individuals. And then it's the top four teams. And the way teams work, it's the top four people get points on their position. And then it's two subs. So starting out, I was below average again. I'd be lucky to make a sub, but we were quite lucky in the team we had. We had some good runners. Michal Power, shout out to him. Very good example. Michal used to carry the team like a seventh place in the Munsters. And sure, um, we got dragged along to the All-Irelands, the Munsters. So big shout out to him. But um, yeah, just slowly improved. Like, I think it's a big thing to set as development at that age. I was an undersized nine-year-old looking up at some mammoth of men that were ginormous and had big strides and were just, they were more athletic looking. They hit puberty a lot earlier. But as I slowly, like, I slowly developed. I think it was when I was 13. I had kind of a good season. And looking back at it now, it was probably due to Partly due to growing, but also partly due to actually, was actually doing a good bit of training. I was I think I was doing speed work on Mondays, you know, running training Wednesday, Friday. I was doing hill running Saturday and I'd probably have my bike on Sunday. And like the bike kind of 
I was I was cycling because my dad cycled, and I used to do like the racing league for I think six weeks in the summer that was organised by the local cycling club DCC with Robert Power and Pa Power kickstarting that, and that was good fun. But like again, I do the Sean Kelly fifty k just a sportif, but I never really took it seriously, and it was only kind of then, I say. I was 13, 14. When I got good, I started like, you know, I started qualifying individually and I was starting to be like, instead of the sixth sub, I was starting to be like the second or third. I was a scoring member of a team. And I think that's very good for your confidence in the fact like when you qualify, you're actually part of it, you know? So that did me really good. I started getting faster. I started running with the lads who I was looking at going, I'll never be at their speed. Started to, you know, get good there. But then I think it was coming up to Christmas time. I'd ran one all Ireland and I'd qualified for the second one out of my age and was still scoring member of the team. But sadly I could not attend due to, I got a bad illness. I got a bad virus that really took it out of me. And I think my kind of my season that year then was a lot of recovering from that. Just it really like, I think that's another problem too, was just looking back. I never ate a vegetable. And I was quite a skinny kid. I had quite a fast metabolism anyway. So that probably didn't help, but recover from that. And then it was that summer, I decided I was going to do a triathlon because the local tri club was starting to gain a bit of prominence. And there was a um, kids triathlons were just popping up around the place. And we had seen like the local Dungarvan one. So I said to my mother, you know, ma'am, I want to do a triathlon. So ma'am said grand. So she brought me out to Clown A, Toronto wetsuit. And uh, we measured 200 meters on the beach. So it was one flagpole to the other. I think that's how long the swim was. And it was basically, um, I used to swim from one flagpole to the other and back because mom was like, well, you better train for 400 meters, even if it's just 200. Grand job. Anyway, went out, did a bit of training, you know, and started, um, you know, doing a bit more cycling for it because it was like, I better do all my disciplines. I was still doing my running and I was swimming, I think maybe three times a week there just that 200 meter stretch showed up anyway did the old triathlon and um second last out of the water uh it shows my swimming prowess you know next michael phelps right there but um got on the bike and managed to get up the third and it was only that kind of i realized geez like i'm actually not too bad on the bike you know and then held third on the run so i got third in my first triathlon kind of thought you know what maybe I'll do a bit of triathlon or whatever but that bike split kind of stuck with me and that year I really threw myself into the cycling league you know I tried to get better I pushed myself and you know by the end of it I said you know what I asked my dad and my mom said can I go bike racing because we had seen a few bike races like with the local shore valley dad was interested in cycling we used to go down we used to watch the critter on the streets of Clamel. and you know at that age you just think whoa this is like Tour de France level. It's just, it's amazing. I want to be doing that. So, but by the time I'd asked to go racing, it was near the end of the year. So I think I did the last race of the year in Kilmallock and Limerick. And looking back at photos now, like, oh, it was just like, I had cycling shoes from Lidl. My socks were like down to my ankles. I had a long sleeve jersey on, I'd say in about 20 degree heat because that was the only club kit I had. I just... Look like an utter Fred is the cycling term. But um, I remember getting caught by the under-12s too. I was under-14, last race of the year, and under-14. And I was um, 
So the following year, I stepped up to under 16. I got caught by the under 12s. I remember, and I distinctly remember Orla Desmond winning the under 12 race and like sprinting past me. And it looks like I got fourth in the under 12s, but in real in reality, I was in the under 14 race. But um, that didn't deter me. It kind of gave me an idea of like what I had to do. So I started cycling more, training over the winter with that local club, DCC. And then kind of the running kind of took a back seat. I really kind of took to the cycling. I still swam. I think I swam once a week, just with still hopes of thinking of doing a triathlon. But then, you know, cycling, kept cycling. I, first race came around anyway, got dropped. This was a recurring team for most of the season. Uh, I hadn't really like done the right train. I was just doing long mileage. And I was kind of like, I'd tip on a turbo. I just, like, there was no structure to it. It was just kind of, I was going out riding my bike and thinking, ah, that'll work. Uh, by no means did it. I remember also too, like, uh, started the race and I couldn't clip into my pedals. And then like, by the time I clipped in, the lads had started sprinting off under 16 races were rapid from the gun. Then I remember like, I was saying to my dad, I was like, I can't corner. He was like, what do you mean? It's like, I can't corner. It's like, I used to like break so much. Like I'd lose like from 30K an hour, I'd go down to like 15. I used, I was like so unconfident in my bike skills. But anyway, like, you know, by the end of the year, I started to get a bit of a knack and thankfully Martin O'Loughlin, he sat down with me one day and he just gave me an idea of what training to do as well as like, just local club members like Sir Stephen Murray, Shane Power, Emma Welch, just taking me out like on a Tuesday or was a Monday. And like they used to teach me things like we'd sprint for yellow signs, standing start. And like that sticks to me to this day. Like, and it just shows like if you have that bit of mentorship, it can really bring on, it can really bring your performances on, like especially at that young age, just a bit of help. Like, and that's what I'll always say, no matter where you are in sport can always reach out for a bit of experience and you'd be surprised what you can learn. So anyway, just finished off. I started like getting up in races, started getting like to my best result was second in a race. So I found that fairly, you know, that was good for the confidence. Next year, Martin O'Loughlin agreed to take me on as, co as a coach. And I really put in a good winter. I had finally a bit of structure. I kind of knew where to follow. I started training really, really hard. And I think that year too, I just started to grow. I started to develop. And that year then I had a very good year. I got a cap for Ireland, racing in Munster. I got experience. I raced in France. I raced over in England. Like things like that, you can't like discount. I won a few races. Just in general, like it was great for the confidence, you know, and you start to see the results, especially as someone like who didn't exactly win anything from an underage career from running even when he took up cycling or things. So like, I think that was really good for my self-esteem and it really like helped me just even off the bike with confidence, just talking and things. And there's a lot to be said for that, but also too, I think I was, I was okay with losing too. I had gotten still to basically, you're not going to win them all because up until then I had never won anything. So that was very good for confidence overall. Stepped up the junior then, had a few issues with asthma and things had a few kind of glimpses of a few results, but like, I think it was only second year junior. I won a few races, but the junior career, it was kind of hit or miss. Had a lot of issues. I think uh, year one, I ended up crashing out of the junior tour of Ireland. I had done soft tissue damage to my knee. So that prematurely ended my season. 
had to do a lot of rehab there. Second year junior, broke my elbow before I was supposed to go to Junior Tour of Wales um, in a league racing incident. Uh, my dad still laughs about it. I'm still bitter. What can you do? Uh, then just 2019, first year under 23, you know, had the leaving cert, so that took precedence. But also, too, I decided um, after seeing the success of Mark Flav and Daryl Kearns in the duathlons, I did one or two duathlons that um, that winter because they'd be starting about January. And I said, running to be good for the fitness. So I did a few of them. And um, surprised I was winning like first junior in them. And I thought, geez, you know what? I'm, I'm all right at this or whatever. But then the bike racing season rolled down again. So the running just stopped. But I think it was also too, I had done, we were doing the schools cross country. And I started running in them. And I was very surprised. I think my bike fitness really carried over. But also too, I kind of I kind of have the build of a runner, just the long legs and I'm quite lean. So like in the schools cross country, like in the counties, I was getting third and I was qualifying individually. And that was that was surprising enough to me, like because I kind of didn't rate myself as a runner in my head, just probably because of poor performances, but it just shows like a few years of development and consistency at sport, like it can really help. So after that, then, you know, did that, did me leaving, sir, didn't race much. And two weeks afterwards, I sadly, um, I had a bad racing crash where I had actually fractured my tibia. So again, season over, a lot of rehab, just on crutches, you know, it wasn't the greatest thing, like, especially after your leaving, sir, you know, you're thinking, ah, once the leaving starts over, you know, I'll have the summer of bike racing. It'll all be good, you know, but... Yeah, sure. It happens sometimes, you know, you can't, you can't write this stuff. But, um, you know, just rehab there. And it was just during the winter. I got recommended to run to build up bone density because the fact I hadn't put weight on my leg, my bone density would be quite weak. So initially it started with walking and then a bit of running into the program. I thought, I said to my coach, I said, you know what? I'm doing a good bit of running. I said, just a bit of bone density. I said, we should try a few duatlans. And like kind of target him he said all right so he put it in the program and just then a few duathlons you know just game maybe get second under 23 different things like that like nothing major like nothing that stands out and um, but then um i actually qualified for the european duathlon champs as well as the world champs that were supposed to be held in september i just thought you know this is great. Like, so I, I initially put down, I do the European champs or whatever, but I keep my initial program. My initial plan was to do Ross Moon and do the Ross big time goal. Like since I was a, yeah, kind of under 16, you're looking up at watching these lads do the Ross and you really want to do it. So that's like, that's still even a goal. Like if the opportunity arises in 2021 to do the Ross, I'll happily take it up. But I just said, you know what? I'll do that. But sadly, um, for the European champs, I'd actually pulled my hamstring. I got a grade two pull in my hamstring. So that put me out of competing in duathlons beforehand. And then leading up to it, I think the day before the European champs, I had ran once. I remember Kenny Murphy, who was in the rehab with me, said, should go out there and uh, give it a lash. And sure, if you blow your hamstring, we'll fix it when you get back. And I just kind of... I kind of laughed it off, but mentally they're still in the back of your head. Like my hamstring could blow. 
But uh, I ran a PB that day. I ran um, 16.20 for a 5K in the first opening split. The fact um, I had a hamstring injury, I actually swapped my entry from the standard distance, which is what I'd usually compete in, to the sprint, which is draft legal. For those of you who don't know, it means you can sit behind riders to save energy, which it's more like a bike race, but it doesn't suit like the likes of me, whose bike is his main strength, because... A lot of the time then too, you need to be a way faster runner in order to get into the better bike splits. So, but I got 14 from that. Very good result for what I taught anyway in Europe. So, and then I just thought, you know what? The world champs, that'll be my main aim. But then coronavirus happened. I was still training, hoping and hoping. And then the day I got the email to say the world duathlon champs had been canceled. Uh, bit disheartening, you know. You put in the work like running up and down the 2k radius on a cycle track all the locals thinking you're cracked but you kind of knew you were cracked anyway and like when the 5k happened doing 110 kilometers on a bike like having your own 5k route you'd stop you'd swap onto the td bike for an hour core work you know just the it's a bit disheartening but then kind of at the same time too you just had to go okay stop reset the goal is now 2021 the qualification carries over and I said to my coach, I said, right, what are we doing to benefit 2021 and to benefit my long-term physical career? So we did that. Entered a few bike races last year then, just, I think I entered two of them. I got sixth in my first A1A2 race, um, which I thought was a very good result because I hadn't raced in 14 months prior to the leg break. Happy with that, but then sadly, due to a lot of inconsistencies, Cycling makes you very quad dominant. I'd cycled for six years. And the problem, my hamstring, my left hamstring, I pulled my right one uh, for previous reference. But this time I was having problems with my left hamstring. And I had to pull out of the second race, which is Ross Kimalik, due to hamstring issues. And that kind of, again, prematurely ended my season. Thankfully, I've slowly gotten to the bottom of that. And I'm healthy now, which is a good sign. So, you know. All set for September 2021. Uh, all roads lead to Almere. But yeah, that's just, I suppose that's a bit of sporting background. Just, you know, I suppose the main thing with me was like, I wouldn't necessarily go out and say I'm talented by any means, but I think there's a lot to be said for just consistency and gaining a love for the sport. I just constantly, you know, I trained, I trained and trained and I ticked away. And then I slowly just got better and better to lead where I am now. So to be honest, I think anyone can do it. It's just a matter of, you've just got to like be willing to stick with the process for the, the process for the long term. And again, I've had my share of injury, you know, broke my elbow, broke my leg. And it's just a matter of stopping resetting. Like you will get bumps in the road, but like at the end of the day too, like, you know, any country road to get to a random parish, there's going to be bumpy roads and potholes. And you're just gonna to have to get over them. So yeah, that's um my sporting story. I hope you found that a bit interesting. So this is episode one of Coley's Pod. For more episodes like this, please follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. And then um, if you want to see more of me, uh my Instagram is the main place you can catch me. That's Coley the Cyclist. And again really um i'd like to say just a big thank you to everyone who listened to episode zero uh, the response actually blew me away with how it was received and 
how many people listened and to anyone who shared it again really really big thanks you know people sending it on to their friends and their friends sending it on to their friends you know just the support it's really nice to see so thanks a million for that and i hope you enjoyed this one and i'll see you at the next one